Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about the sponsor of today's podcast, ELIC. As you know, our mission here at Just Different is ultimately bridging faith and culture to take the gospel message to all the ends of the earth till all have heard, and ultimately continuing to fill the great commission given to all believers by Jesus in Matthew 19.26. And this organization shares in a very similar goal. They spread hope and create life change in the most challenging parts in the world, such as Asia, the Middle East, and even North Africa. ELIC sends people to teach English in these unreached areas, providing training, support, and a team of passionate people who are ready to make a difference. They see English education as an opportunity for people to come together, share life, and come away with broadened horizons. Whether you're a college student, recent graduate, or beyond, ELIC has a program for you. For example, they have two to six-week options in the summer that are perfect for college students and recent graduates, as well as their nine-month Global Ambassador Program is a great option for recent college graduates. So this is an amazing opportunity for us to be the church and continue to impact the world, advancing the kingdom outside the four walls on a Sunday. So if God has called you to create global impact, bridging faith and culture, visit ELIC.org slash just different. That's ELIC.org slash just different. Now let's get into the episode. All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks the artist. And you are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast where we talk everything, faith, life, and culture. We're back again for another week. We're gonna waste no time getting into this episode as we jump into the first segment of the podcast called What's the Word? Where we come back every single week and we speak to what we're studying and getting into from the Bible and want to share with y'all. So Jordan, I'm gonna let you take it for the fourth week and and, and, and do your thing. So talk to me. Okay. <laughs> so um recently where I've been, you know, because you know, you venture through the Bible, you know, saying you go to this book, you finish that book, you go to another. So I'm I'm in Acts right now. Um after I just finished reading Philippians. And Acts is I'm not going to say it's one of my favorite books, but it's 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 top five. It's up there. And as I've been reading it, I noticed something that spoke to what we've been talking about, or that was the last episode where we talked about, or even this idea of the quiet life, this idea of not worrying about the crowd, this whole main idea that we've been alluding to, specifically talking to the last few episodes. And I just think it's crazy. Like This is something that God has just been reiterating and continuing to bring up in my life. So I'm reading Acts and I'm noticing how in all of these instances, I haven't read through the entire book yet. I'm in about chapter eight, but in all of these instances where there was a crowd in front of them, right? Where they were preaching the gospel and people were coming to them. It was exactly that the crowd came to them. Like they never went out of their way to try to get attention or went out of their way to try to get the crowd, right? It was never that, right? So I want to start with the with the first instance, which was the day of Pentecost, which is, you know, the second chapter of Acts. So this is the first instance is where they really had a crowd of people that they got a chance to speak the gospel to. But obviously in this instance, most people know they weren't looking for a crowd. They were in the upper room, right? They were all praying 
and the spirit came down. They started speaking in different types of tongues. The people took note of it and they all started surrounding them. Right. And this is where you see Peter give his sermon. Right. So this was a moment where they were literally seeking first the kingdom. Right. They, they weren't even seeking out the crowd. The crowd came to them and then, bam, the door was open. Peter spoke a sermon. Right. Spoke to them the gospel. Second instance was when there was a, the lame man, he would go at the gate. Right. And he would sit and he would beg for money at the gate called beautiful. Peter and John were going to the temple that that day to pray. So Peter goes up to the man. He heals him. Essentially, the man gets up, starts jumping. He starts following Peter and John around. The people notice the man that Peter healed. They're like, isn't that the man that was sitting at the gate and that, you know, can't walk since birth? There's like, what's happening? So he's he's following them around. And then the people start, you know, crowding them like, yo, what's going on? Like, this is the man that we noticed who can't walk. What's happening? And then, bam, that was another opportunity where Peter spoke to them the gospel. So that's the second instance. And then there's a third instance. This was. This was actually, they got arrested. So after they were speaking to these people, after they saw the man, they got arrested and they were put before the courts. And this was the third opportunity where they spoke about the gospel again. So I'm just noticing this common theme as I read through all of these instances where they were killing people, they were speaking before people. In each one of these instances, the common theme was the fact that they weren't seeking out the crowd. Right. They were simply going about their daily, their daily business, right, of seeking the kingdom. And in that, the crowd came. And I just feel like for me, that was just a point of even more inspiration with the topic. It's like, what are you doing in your own personal life? Because I feel like even with the idea of like social media, it's just always about the crowd, like we've been talking about. It's like always about, you know, the masses, right, which is good. But it's like, okay, what are you doing when you're encountering that person in the grocery store? What are you doing when you're, when you're out getting pumping gas and you're, you know, someone sparks up a conversation with you. What about those situations, right? Because in those situations are opportunities where you can get the crowd or where people will take note of what's happening. And then you'll get your opportunity to be on the stage or be in front of the crowd. So it's, it's basically just this, it's changing your perspective on, okay, what does the stage look like? What does the crowd look like? How do I get there? Whatever the case may be. But in, in, in acts, they never looked for it. It just came to them. So I just think that it's just a point of inspiration and even intentionality for me in terms of changing my perspective on it with what we do with the podcast and even my music. Like, what am I doing in my daily life right outside of when the camera's on and when the mics are on? Um, so, yeah, I, I just I just like that because it spoke to everything that we've been talking about. And it's even more confirmation on top of all of it. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just wanted to touch on that for my what's the word. Yeah. And I think that. That's extremely important in terms of like our life just being like a living testament to God, like in every space that we go into. Something that I heard once that's always stuck with me is the fact that like we are all in full time ministry, like every Christian is, and that there is, you don't just leave church, like you are the church. And so, like, when it comes to listening, and consuming the word of God, the gospel, that's not something that just stops and has a time frame. That's something that we have the ability and access to tap into to share and ultimately yeah. that we're supposed to live 24-7. And that reminds me of a Bible study I was just at this past week, and we were challenging ourselves with a question. And the premise of that was, am I doing everything that I can for God? 
Like in my everyday life, am I doing all that I can to be a light, to be a vessel, to proclaim his name? You know, and we were just like questioning and really thinking on, man, when's the last time I shared the gospel with somebody? When's the last time that I had like a, a very intentional conversation or dialogue with someone about their faith or whether at with their journey with Jesus and their concepts of God and things of that nature? Because sometimes we can get become so passive in our relationship um, and have like our own kind of personal Jesus. And I remember seeing a post that reminds me of this just idea. And it said, we are really good at doing church and really poor at being the church. We spend, we spend hours in preparing production seconds in conversation with our congregation. We are preachers that can make a room clap, but not leave with conviction. We say church is for Jesus, but rarely mention his name in service. We sing to crowds, but won't even talk to them after service. We post about our church service, but won't share the gospel to others. We shout for Jesus on Sunday, but whisper about him on the weekdays. We are a city on a hill, but we are only relevant on a church service on Sunday, which is a bar. We are a city on a hill, but we are only relevant on a church service on Sunday. And... They continue basically to speak about the fact that, especially in the Western world, when it comes to Christianity, we have turned the gospel into something that is meant to be consumed and not activated. Like it's, it's something that we consume, but we don't ever actually walk into. We don't actually practice or we don't apply essentially in like every part of our life, and which is so far from how it should be. And it mentioned this in another kind of like poster thread. And it says that like the current church culture that we have, it's essentially like crowds gather to hear and see one person like use their own like gifts from God. And the biblical church that you speak to that we see in Acts, it's just people who are using their gifts to further the gospel message yeah. and getting equipped by the local church. Right. So they all commune together. They live together. They were poured into, and then they all went out into their everyday lives and share the gospel according to their spirit influence and where they were at. And understanding that the goal of the gospel was never consumerism. The goal of the gospel was never about pastors and church names. The goal of the gospel is that we would be a movement of his message, not just a movement in the pews. Um, And realizing that the church is failing its role when we gather, but don't go. If we have churches full of people, people, if we have churches full of people, but neighborhoods, shops, and markets empty of Christians, we have this all wrong. Um, and this goes back to an episode we did two years ago. It was called Ministry Happens on Monday. Like we are called to the world. We should be way more intentional in what we're doing on the weekdays than just the message that we get on Sundays. There has to yeah. be something so once we're poured into there has to be a point in which we're actually pouring out to others and not just people who already know christ and know him right the part of our mission is to edify one another but also to reach those who are lost and proclaim his name to those who have no idea who he is and be a light in dark places and so that's something that i literally had a conversation about last week that i'm challenging myself with now because with what we do, it's amazing. It's, it's edifying, right? But I also need to make sure that I, like I'm his hands and feet 
that I'm in the field and I'm doing his work practically and discipling people and like evangelizing on like a way deeper yeah. level. Because like the question is like, yo, am I doing everything that I can for God? Mm. And the and the answer to that is no. And sometimes we have work as the excuse. Well, like I work a nine to five and I'm in a corporate setting or like I go to school and people may not be like as receptive and I don't really have this, that much time. And that's what I was uh, saying in the Bible study. It's like I've been convicted because I've been like so self-absorbed. Like I've been so wrapped up in my own worries, like my own yeah. struggles, like my own thoughts and anxieties that I've lost sight of like the mission. And of course, like you need to take time to take care of yourself and make sure you're in a great position. But like that can come at the expense of the mission and what the purpose right. is. And that can't be the thing that handicaps us from being those lights and ambassadors that we need to be for the kingdom. And so that whole thing just reminds me of those thoughts that have been kind of going through my mind when it comes to like realizing that what we do in our day to day is very much it's so significant outside of like what we may do like on social media or yeah. the context in which I'm speaking, just like within a church setting, like, yo, like what are you doing in your community and your neighborhood, in your school, at your workplace? That's where the work begins. Um, and that's what the mission always was, always. right? This is not yep. meant to be consumerism. No, it's just turned into. And Jordan, yeah. what we just talked about it in our conversation but what was a verse that we found in James? I think definitely kind of relates right. and ties to this a bit. Yeah, it was uh, the verse in James 2.14. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. That's it. That's it. That's the one. That's like, you know, symbolically. Faith and action. What, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But with all of that, getting into kind of some thoughts that I was having this week, um, or rather, you know, I, I, I heard and was not necessarily diving deep into, but just kind of was investigating. And it's the thought or idea that is an everyday Jesus not enough? And this stems from thinking back to a lot of things that have happened like here recently, um, relatively earlier this year with the Asbury revival, right? And for those who are not familiar, there is a college in Kentucky called Asbury University. And earlier this year, they essentially had a moment in time where revival broke out. And what that means or rather looks like is they had like nonstop praise and worship for about, you know, I don't know, it was a crazy amount of time, like a week or so. Like people were just like coming in and out. The presence of God was heavy. People were just there worshiping, you know, and just present with God. And it, it was a pretty big deal honestly it definitely hit um a nationwide just like coverage you had people flying in from all over the country worship leaders pastors just like regular individuals of faith people who may have not known god to like come be a part of this particular moment and it kind of just took the world by storm like during that period of time and like people were so enamored with like 
I guess what they heard was taking place. Of course, there was like yeah. miracles, there were signs, wonders, people um, getting baptized, salvations that were happening. Of course, it was amazing. And, you know, we were so just like wrapped up and just, you know, fascinated with, I guess, the presence that was there in that room during that period of time in that location. Um, maybe not realizing that like we have access to that every single day, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, yo, like, does Jesus only excite us when it's like entertaining, when it's on headlines, when everyone's speaking about it, when it seems like there's these major moves and, and moments of his presence breaking out? Um, is the Jesus that we have access to, to speak to, to convene with, to walk with every single day, not enough for us anymore? Yeah. Right. Does he only catch our eye and have our attention to that degree when it's something just so like magnificent and Mm -hmm. um, profound and and so deep and spiritual? Um, And so, yeah, I've been really like like sitting with that you know it's a lot of just a common theme of what we just mentioned just like all right like a lot of daily day-to-day things um and how that plays out you know in my life and so if anything i guess the word like for this week would definitely just revolve around that idea and concept um coming back to the feet of jesus um and realizing that, like, yo, like, he's, he is more than enough. Like, igniting that, like, passion, that hunger, that desire. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we tap into, like, every moment and chance that we have the ability to. Um, and not just leave it for when we have to be reminded. Or, like, there has to be something that breaks out for it to take place. And then he becomes cool again. It's trendy. Now I can engage. No, like, that mm-hmm. same power, that same sort of alchemy of what was taking place is every single moment that we can tap into um and just always keeping that reminded in our minds and so that's definitely what i would say in that um coming into this what was one thing um i definitely wanted to speak to and talk about but you know just asking yourself we are like is an everyday jesus like yeah. not enough and and being completely satisfied and settled in him and him alone and that that's uh that's all that matters. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's uh it's important because I think those those moments with Jesus in his presence will inspire you, will make you feel lighter, but those moments don't refine you. Um it's really the everyday moments that do mold you into his image. I was watching a um a video and that guy was just, you know, answering the question of how you grow closer to God and the answer that he gave that I thought was really good. He was saying, um, it's kind of like when you have, so let's do an example with me and you, right? Um, people have told me time and time again that I sound just like you. We say God. the same stuff. We have the same mannerisms. We act the same. Like, bro, anytime I'm around your friends, like, bro, you're Darren, bro. Like, <laughs> and every That's time, fine. bro, every time, right? And the reason why is because, I'm I'm around you a lot. Like I'm just saying we lived in the same house our whole lives. I'm around you a lot. We spend a lot of time together. So I just subsequently just take on and vice versa, like some of the mannerisms you have and some of the same phrases and the same words. And I think 
you know, everyone listening to this, you probably have that person that you've been told, like you act just like them or are you friends with them? And the reason most likely is because you're close to that person. You spend a lot of time with them. Um, and it's the same with Jesus. So, you know, apply that same mentality. If you want to become more like him, you have to spend more time with him. Right. So that's why it's so important that we get away from this idea of just being so drawn to and running to the big moments, right. That seem, you know, glamorous and the crowd and all of that, but having the everyday Jesus, because, you know, the people who are the most firm in their faith are the people who have everyday Jesus. The people who look most like him are the people who have everyday Jesus, right? Because when they're spending time with him, they're becoming more like him. They're talking like him. They're having the same mannerisms mannerisms as him. And it's crazy that you're bringing this up because just last night, bro, and this is when like my most thoughtful times when I'm about to go to bed because it'd be taking me 30 minutes to actually fall asleep. So I'm sitting <laughs> in bed. I'm, no, for real, bro. I'd be kind of heated sometimes. But it's a, it, it's yeah. a good time to think, though. So I, I was sitting there and I'm thinking like, reminiscing back on when I was like 16 back sophomore year how I just felt like there wasn't a second that went by when I wasn't talking to God like and when I thought back when I was like bro that was so crazy because I'm thinking on like how it's just so firm and like unshakable and the reason that I got to was like bro is because I was praying all the time like I was talking to God all the time throughout my days there wasn't like bro there wasn't five minutes that went by without me like just asking God something talking to God about something and it was just so I don't know and it it was it was really the source of like being so unshakable and being so much like him you see what I mean and so I just think that's even crazy that you brought that up because I was thinking on that and I'm thinking like yeah God I want to start like talking to you more frequently not just you know for an hour at a time you know what I mean when I in the morning or at midday and at night but like constantly throughout my entire days because that's where you are refined right when you're around him you become more like him right so you have to get away from just you know the crowd and you know like you were talking about but have, having the everyday the intimate that's what you gotta be focused on makes all the difference so yeah sure. i mean and, and as a lot of people have heard something that we've probably mentioned or you've heard through someone else like on the podcast like you're a product of who you spend the most time with and so, okay, like if I don't look like him, then like who has my time? Who's in my inner circle? And who or what is that which is like taking his place? So I like the way and I never even necessarily like thought about it in that capacity. But of course, the more you spend time to someone, you are inevitably going to pick up some of the habits in which they have to some degree. Their mindset, yes. their, their mindset, their perspectives, their concepts, how they view life, how they walk it out, how they approach what they do every single day is inevitable. So allow that to all be Jesus it. for you. Yep. A hundred percent. All right. But with all that being said, getting into our next segment, say it again, which is where we come on the podcast and we speak to something that we've been reading that we've heard or we listened to. We felt was noteworthy to run back and bring here for conversation. So Jordan, you know what it is, man. Say it again. Let's do it, bro. So this one was such a bar. Like, So this is coming from the same book I've been pulling from the last few episodes, Growing in the Prophetic, Mike Bickle. Um, and he, bro, he's been doing his thing with this book. I actually just finished this amazing book. I suggest it. I feel like every book I've ever read, I suggest to uh, <laughs> I suggest They said everyone. you need an Amazon storefront, cuz. Yo, I really do, bro. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to get on it. I'm, I'm going to get on it, though. But no, this one's fire. So. So the quote that I'm I'm reading from, he says, 
I used to teach people to seek his face and not his hand. This sounds good, but it's not a biblical concept. The Bible teaches that we seek his face first without neglecting to seek his hand. We do not choose between his hand or his face. Our spiritual inheritance includes experiencing both. So when I read this, bro, I was so convicted. I ain't gonna lie. Because not that I it's held this mentality. That. No, but for I've sure. Said, I've definitely said that before. But I've definitely said, and you know, you've heard it. People listen to this. So you've heard it before. Like, you know, seek his face, not his hand, da, da, da. And he really just goes into like, bro, this is not biblical. Like both are included in our inheritance, like you said, at the end of the quote. But I think, you know, the mindset that, you know, people come from with the, you know, seek his face and not his hand is, you know, versus like, um, let me see. Versus that just speak to contentment. Like there's one in First Timothy, it talks about godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Right. So verses that talk about just being content with the way you're at and, and being good with what you have. But it's also important to understand there are verses like 1 Corinthians 12, 31, where Paul says, desire the greater gifts and I will show you an even better way. So these are all verses that he's getting into. Like it becomes very clear, like, yes, be content where you're at, but still, yeah, desire. Paul says the word for it, desire the greater gifts. And so, so I want to read the rest of the quote. So that was the first half of it. And then he, he goes later on in the page, he says, God wants to reveal his face and in intimacy and his hand in power. Jesus does not make us choose between power and intimacy. He gives both of them to us. However, he wants them to have the proper priority in our heart. Right. So I think that's where the heart comes from between from um, the whole quote of like seeking his face and not his hand is like making sure that your priorities are straight. Because At the end of the day, Matthew 633 is a life motto. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. Right. So your first seek. Your first desire should always be his face. Most definitely. Like he, Jesus is the reward. That's what we talked about last episode. Like he's the reward. He's the prize. Right. But that doesn't mean that you completely neglect his hand and the power that he's trying to manifest on this earth. Um, and I think that this, this mindset that we have is even a part of while we're not seeing God's hand the way that we could be, like seeing his power manifest on this earth. Um, because it talks about in Luke 11, 9, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seeking you shall find, knocking it will be open to you. So since there's so many people who have this mindset, they're not seeking God's hand. They're not asking for his hand. They're not asking for his power to be shown through them. They're not asking for even walking into the gifts of the spirit. They're not asking for these things. They're not seeking for them. So that's why we're not seeing it, right? Because it's not being asked of. Um, so I think it's important that we kind of, you know, it comes from a good heart, but like it's, it's, it's misconstrued, right? So like changing the perspective, like, okay, yeah, my first priority, my first seek should be his face, but also not neglecting, like the quote said, to seek his hand, right? Wanting to see those things manifested, like Paul was telling us to do. And so I thought of a perfect analogy with this. And I love using track analogies because Paul says, you know, the the verse that talks about run the race with endurance, the race marked out for us. He talks about that in Hebrews. So I always love using track examples. So let's think about an Olympic runner. They train their whole lives for one race, one event, one jump, one whatever it is that they're doing. But they train their essentially their whole lives. They spend all their time training for this one event. When they win the event or if they win the event, the prize is the gold medal, right? Like they're, they're running it for the gold medal. That's the prize. But 
the the um the things that come with that are things like endorsements they get brand deals you know what i'm saying like you get you know usain bolt get nike deals and gatorade deals all types of stuff that's just like the side they're not running to get that they're running to get the medal you see what i mean but that's just kind of what comes with the medal as well and it's the same way with god like we're running the race for jesus he's the reward he's the gold medal we're not running to get the power we're not running to get the money we're not running to get his hand like that's not what we're running for but it's overflow like it's what comes with the reward so when you run the race and you get jesus what comes with that is his hand like that is the overflow so in the same vein with the track example that's how your mentality should be so i think that's just a perfect um analogy to use to keep your mindset in the right place okay i'm running this race for him but not neglecting or forgetting that okay when i get when i have him you already have him but that comes with you know the other stuff it comes with the overflow so i think that's just the perfect example to to lean on with this conversation but yeah, no, I just thought that quote, that quote's so fire, bro. Cause it's, it's both. He doesn't make us choose. Like it's, they're both a part of our spiritual inheritance. So that's something that I had to put y'all onto. I had to. Fact, he doesn't make us choose. And it's all about priority. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that I've definitely said before with good intention. But right. to your point, they're not mutually exclusive, right? And so sometimes mm-hmm. the idea is, and I'm now reminded of what I said verbatim, that fall in love with God's heart and not his hand. Mm, right, 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 right. Which it's is still, still true, right. right? And still is very much a priority and the basis on how we should live our lives, right? Our Our first love and our devotion and our heart should go to his. Right. Um, But ultimately, that doesn't exclude us from being able to experience access and even um, be open to accept what comes with his hand moving and being on our life. Right. When it comes to the form of like power and resource uh, relationship, et cetera, for us to continue to be advanced in our purpose, our obedience to him and the path that we're on. And so I love that. And that makes so much sense. Um, and, and we were just having a conversation when it came to like the promises of God, right? Um, which are all yes and amen. And anytime that you see in the mm-hmm. Bible, the word shall, the, uh, that is a promise, which means like um, will come or is to happen, right? Predicated mm-hmm. upon like what it is pre- um, pre- predicated upon what it's particularly saying, like in that context, but yeah, I think sometimes we may like maybe demonize like what comes with like God's hand on our life right, um, right. and feel as if like it's immoral, ungodly, or it's too much because we're meant to be like just content with what is and what is exactly. now. But um, we can't allow our eyes to be like so blinded by like what he's providing to us to ultimately be a resource to like help us like in our purpose and give us the tools to like advance his kingdom. And so I, yeah. I, I love that thought because I know it's something I've said before, a mindset that I've had, but I think there's a more or rather healthier perspective to have on it. And I think that's yeah. it for sure. Yeah. And so when I was thinking about my state again, there was something that I saw and this more related to 
I guess, people's creative process. But I can almost tie this into faith a bit and how we may get stagnant in our walks with God and it becomes dull and repetitive and mundane. And basically that said that there's a real struggle that happens when you have a pressure to create from obligation and not desire. Um, when you feel that you have to like create in whatever that looks like for you, if you're like an actual artist that makes paintings or drawings, yeah. or you're a musician that, that, that creates music or you're a speaker, you're an author, a poet, um, whatever that may be in that particular creative space, when it becomes something that you have to do to survive instead of something that you're doing from your heart, there's a part of it, that passion that leaves. It never, mm. it doesn't feel the same anymore. You feel so mm -hmm. much more weight, so much more pressure, so much more anxiety, and it's almost crippling. And, and the love that you once had for it, like it, it is no longer there. And now it's just a box that you check off to get this particular uh, task yeah. done or like this creation that I meant to make. And it was crazy because I'm like, yo, like in, in Jordan, I know that you felt this before. I like, I, I've definitely been there. Um, to some capacity and even like throughout this year I've gone through like my phase of that of like man like I feel like even when it comes to like um, d just how I'm like you know outputting things that I love and I'm really into like it's more it's just I'm obligated to do it now like I have to stick yeah. to the schedule and you know this is based upon like how I'm able to survive and take care of myself Um, and so yeah, there's a shift that happens in your mind. And so I think that the same sometimes happens like in our relationship, like with God, when we feel a pressure to follow, to love, to seek from obligation and not desire, mm. that lamp of first love grows dim. And that sometimes happens practically when you think about it, like when we just get into like legalism of like, it becomes like just rules of like do's and don'ts, you know, like when you feel like, man, like I've messed up like too mm -hmm. many times or like you have this fear of like falling short. And so now like I'm living my life and I'm walking out relationship with God from like this like obligation of like, like I, I just can't do this. I yeah. have to make sure I stay away from this. Like I got to be crucifying my flesh to this degree. Like I can't be in this setting. I can't be in that setting. You're trying everything you can to just not mess up instead of just loving him. And that can disrupt us in experiencing all that we can for him, you know, and getting to that point of overflow to now see his hand on our life because we've completely missed his heart. You know, like when you're, in that mode of just like, yo, just trying to like, just like when you're in that mode of your relationship with God being just like do's and don'ts, you completely miss his heart. Yeah. And when you miss his heart, you can't get all that comes with it. And his heart is love, peace, joy, um, long suffering, patience, all the fruits of the spirit. Um, but you can't get that from this list of do's and don'ts and this law, right. right? Which it talks about in the Bible. They can't bring life. It can do nothing, you know? Um, and so, yeah, something that I feel like we've mentioned before, but I thought I wanted to reinforce that I was like reminded of, um, of that pressure to create from obligation, not desire, which can in turn in relation to this conversation, 
a pressure to follow, seek, or obey God from obligation and not the truest desire of our heart can cause all this disruption in our devotion to him and like seeking him to you know a degree that we need to. So just kind of like keeping that in mind. And I thought it was definitely just noteworthy to to bring here because that's something that like I've definitely felt even being a leader, you know, sometimes when you're ministering or even doing work for God, like you feel that pressure to create the sermon, like evangelize, disciple, because (laughs) I like, I have to, instead of, you know, it's, it's out of the purest intentions of your heart. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, it's just like getting back to, first love um never allowing like any of that pressure or weight to get in the way but no that's definitely what i wanted to bring here and break down for y'all word word no i think that's really a constant prayer of mine even anytime that on even just practically on like recording days or anytime that we're sitting down to uh even start an episode i'm always praying like to for God to change my perspective on it always, even if I feel like, you know, excited to do it and there is no, you know, pressure, like always still making sure I'm praying, like God always makes make sure I have the right perspective that this is a privilege. You know what I mean? It's something that we've talked about. But yeah, I mean I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you said. I think even with the word obligation, it just has such a like like the connotation of it just is just mm-hmm. so for sure bad like think of anything that's an obligation like work school the doctor's appointment uh anything that's an obligation is is a thing that you usually don't want to do right but even, but when you Fair. think about the connotation of you know what i'm saying like you're not going to treat like hanging out with a friend like an obligation you're going to be like yeah I, I get to like or i'm about to go hang out with them it's not oh yeah man i'm I got this appointment with my friend, bro. Or like, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah, I'm, so, I'm obligated to go hang out with them. No, it's like, like even this appointment with God. You feel me? You feel me? So it's like changing your perspective on it always, and always making sure your heart's in the right place. And something I've been noticing is even back to what we said earlier is the more that you do become like Jesus, the easier it gets for it to always just be a desire and, and never seem like an obligation. Um. For sure, that's just something that I've been noticing. Like the the closer you grow to him, like because his heart is always desiring to be close to us, desiring to be close to his sheep. So the more that you become like him, he'll give you that desire as well. You see what I mean? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So his will become yours. So it will become a desire to evangelize people because that's what's on his heart. It will be your desire to you know do all types of things like that because it's the same desire as his. So, yeah, just practically, I think that's something that helps us just growing closer to him. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. But now getting into the last segment of the episode, putting you on. Y'all know we got to come with the heat every single week. We got y'all getting these playlists together. Definitely go and check out the playlist. And you know
Okay. Okay. I guess, I guess we both, you know, slowing it down a little bit this week. This, okay. So my suggestion this week is a little different because I usually be on my rap. You know what I mean? I usually, I usually don't get, get a little R&B, you know, slow, slower stuff. So this next one is called, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but his whole discography smooth, but it's Hainza, Lose Myself to Find You, Fire Song. Let's go ahead and tap in. Yeah, man, that was smooth. So y'all see where we 
What were y'all this week with the R&B slow vibe? That's the next playlist going to be coming y'all way. We'll go ahead and check out the rest of them, but y'all know what it is. We got another one coming this Friday. September is going up. We have the interviews already in line, in play, recorded, about to come out. So you know what it is. But stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all Friday. Much love. Much love.